0: Hi and welcome to our latest One Church Podcast. Our vision is to encourage, equip and empower you to discover a life-changing relationship with God. We hope this message will inspire you to discover your full potential. Thanks for listening. So last week I was speaking from the title of First Responders. As we asked ourselves the question, how do we respond in crisis? We looked at how the disciples responded when they found themselves in a storm. Even in the middle of their fear, doubt and uncertainty when their boat was about to go down. Their first response was to run to Jesus and cry for help. This is a pattern that's all throughout the Gospels. In the book of Mark, blind Bartimaeus is healed because he cries out to Jesus In the book of John, Lazarus is raised from the dead because Mary and Martha send a messenger to Jesus. And in Matthew, a woman is healed from a bleeding disorder when she reaches out and touches Jesus. But what I want to look at today is how we respond when Jesus comes to us. This is something that tends to catch us off guard if we're the one always running to him. But God knows your every need even before you do. And sometimes he'll come to you before you go to him. So it's important that we recognize his voice and be ready to respond when he reaches out to us. The text I'm reading from today is found in John. uh, John 5 verse 2. Um, You can go in your Bibles or I'll be on the screen. It says, Now there is in Jerusalem near the sheep gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. And which is surrounded with five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie the blind, the, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an, an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day in which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up your pick it up and walk? The man who, who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who made him well. Amen. My message title for this morning is It Is What It Is. If there's one message that I'll probably remember for the rest of my life, it's this one, because I'm not joking. If there's probably, like, if there's no other phrase in the planet that sucks the life out of me, bleeds me dry, and makes me want to scream, then this one, I absolutely hate this expression. It is what it is, is a phrase used to describe a frustrating or challenging situation that a person believes cannot be changed and must just be accepted. So with your permission today, I want to ban this phrase from one church from here on in. (laughs) Because there isn't a single situation or circumstance, however large, difficult or challenging, that is beyond your God. Regardless of what you're going through, you were never created to roll over and accept anything less than everything that God has for you until this week I wish this phrase had never existed but and then I read this passage and I realized that's exactly what this guy's going through here we're introduced to someone who's been suffering for 38 years 38 years going back and forth to this pool waiting for his chance to get well. 38 years of battling the same issue day in, day out, hoping that something would change. Then out of nowhere, Jesus approaches him and asks him the question, do you want to get well? A guy who's been suffering in pain for 38 years, unable to eh, progress or move forward. Then Jesus, the Messiah, shows up. And offers him the chance to get well. This is, him. this is his moment. This is his chance, his opportunity to turn his life around. It seems like such a ridiculous question. 38 years waiting for an opportunity to put all of this behind him and move on with his life. Yet I have searched every version and translation of this scripture. And nowhere can I find this cripple answering yes to that question. He clearly hates his situation. Every day he's been going down to this pool looking for a cure. It's obvious that he doesn't want to live this way. Yet when freedom, healing and forgiveness comes to his door, he doesn't say yes. When grace, love and mercy comes and is offered to him, his first response is blame and excuses. He says, I've not got anyone to help me into the pool when when the water is stirred. Every time I try to get in, someone goes before me. He justifies his condition with blame and excuses. And it got me thinking, how often do we find it easier to make excuses for where we are at than say yes to Jesus? How often do we roll over and accept something less than say yes to freedom, healing and forgiveness? I believe God is asking us this question today, both as a church and as individuals. Do you want to get well? Do you actually want to get better? Or are you happy to stay where you are? As a pastor of One Church, I'm asking you this question. Do you want to settle for where we are? Or do you want something better? It's a yes or no question. But blame and excuses will keep telling you it is what it is. I believe God has so much more for every single person here but it's up to us whether we settle for less or reach for more. I remember the first time Gillian and I went to Tim Hortons for a coffee and if you've never been before it's a Canadian diner that sells coffee, cakes and amazing food they just opened up one a drive through in Cumbernauld, so we headed over for a visit. Uh, it was, because it was our, our first time, we had no idea what the menu was like, but on the way there, Gillian reminded me that that didn't matter because we were skimmed. <laughs> we, had, we had no bank card with us, we had no extra cash, all we had between us was a couple of pounds, and we pulled up to the speaker, and the big shiny menu was winking at me. I could feel the pictures blowing kisses at me. It looked amazing. There was burgers, paninis, wraps and bagels. There was muffins, donuts, pancakes and crepes, caramel sauce, maple syrup and chocolate drizzle. Why did we come to a drive-through when we were skinting? Then the voice came over the speaker. Welcome to Tim Hortons, how can I help you? I felt like saying, can I open that tab? Knowing fine well that we didn't have any money, I paused and pretended to read the menu. Mmm, wonder what we'll have today. (laughs) Then after a few seconds, do you know what, I'll just have a coffee and a hot chocolate. (laughs) Small, medium or large, sir? Just a small. (laughs) Gillian was absolutely dying inside. We drove to the second window and I could smell the food wafting through the car. Then just as I went to hand over the money, the girl said it's okay your orders paid for. The couple in the car in front have paid your bill. We looked up and there was Andy and Lucy Brown giving us the, the thumbs up. So we we parked up, said thanks, and showed our showed appreciation. But the first thing Andy asked me was, Why did you only get a small coffee? I couldn't believe it. I was absolutely gutted because as far as I was concerned, large wasn't an option. Food, cake and dessert weren't an option. If I knew Andy was paying, I would have went to town. (laughs) But I settled settled for less because I thought that was my only option. When Jesus approached us parallel paralyzed man and asked the question do you want to get well the reason he didn't say didn't say yes is because he didn't think getting well was actually an option he didn't think getting healed was on the menu because he didn't know who was asking the question he didn't recognize Jesus as his healer so he didn't know what was actually on offer and some of you here today have settled for less because you don't think better is an option. Whenever we don't recognise that God is offering us so much more, we make excuses and justify a life of less. It is what it is. But if I'm stuck in the same place that I was two years ago, battling the same issues, suffering the same symptoms, and stuck in the same predicament, I need to ask myself, am I enabling this by not saying yes to Jesus? Am I justifying what I don't have with excuses? Am I missing an opportunity here to walk in freedom because I don't recognize what God's offering me? I believe God is waiting for your yes today. He's waiting for men and women who will pick up their mat and walk into all that God has for them. He's waiting for a generation of young people who won't settle for less but they will walk into their school and say, look what Jesus did for me. He's waiting for a church who believes that more is actually an option. Not just more but abundantly more. More of the Holy Spirit, more transformation, more miracles and more revival. What would it look like today for you to say yes? It's time to recognise that Jehovah Jireh is God your provider. It's time to recognise that Jehovah Rapha is God your healer and you don't need to settle for a life of less. This guy had three crutches that stopped him from, from saying yes to Jesus. Number one was good intentions. Sonny Rankin used to tell me that the road to hell was full of good intentions. Good intentions will never get you well. Every day this guy was going down to Bethesda, full of intentions of getting into the pool, but every day something always managed to get in the way. Every Monday I am full of good intentions of getting healthy or ditching my bad habits, but no matter how much I want it, something always gets in the way. Good intentions are liars. Because they deceive you into thinking just because you really, really, really want something, eventually things will change. But that's not enough. It's not enough to want to be debt-free. If I want to be financially stable, I need to stop using the credit card. I need to stop justifying my debt by convincing myself that I've worked really hard this month and I deserve a new pair of trainers. Even though I can't afford them, good intentions will get you stuck every time. Doing the same thing over and over and over again and 38 years later, you'll still be going to the same pool at Bethesda and not be well. James 4 verse 17 says, if anyone knows the good they ought to do, And doesn't do it. It is sin for them. This guy was full of good intentions. But sin was holding him back. Because later on he meets Jesus. Um, Jesus finds him in the temple. And he says to him. See you are well again. Now stop sinning. Or something worse might happen to you. Good intentions will always justify sin. If you really want to get well this morning it's time to be honest with yourself. Psalm 26 verse 2 says, Test me, O Lord. Test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and mind. What sin do you have this morning that's stopping you from moving forward? I want to encourage you, church. Don't wait another day. Don't put it off. Jesus can set you free today. Don't allow good intentions to stop you from walking in God's intentions. Amen? You still with me? Second thing that stops this guy from saying yes is excuses. Excuses will cripple you. In Luke 14 verse 15, we find a man sitting at a table with Jesus. And the man says, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replies with a story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I now have a wife. Please excuse me. Good intentions and excuses are best mates. They go hand in hand. Here we see a man saying to Jesus, How amazing will it be to sit at your table and enjoy all the blessings you have for me? How amazing will it be to sit in Tim Hortons and have a banquet? And Jesus says to him, You'll never see those blessings. Because you're saying all the right stuff and you're hanging out in all the right places. But you're full of excuses. You go to church every week and you want to be restored. You go down to the pool at Bethesda every day and you want to be healed. But you're full of excuses. What would it look like today, one church, if we once and for all dropped the excuses? Picked up our mat and walked. And walked. Let's stop making excuses for staying stuck. Let's stop justifying our actions with good intentions because God has prepared a banquet for us and he wants us to come and feast, not nibble at the leftovers, not pick at the buffet, but feast on his banquet till we're full and overflowing. But there's only one way this can happen, church. And it's if we accept the invitation. Good intentions and excuses will rob you of the feast that God has for you. The last thing that this cripple stops him from from saying yes is blame. Blame will keep you stuck every time. The Israelites blamed Moses just like Adam blamed Eve and Eve blamed the snake And Martha blamed Mary just like Saul blamed David. Blame is a common theme throughout scripture that held so many back from discovering their full potential. And this cripple was no different. He starts by blaming himself and his condition. I can't walk. I can't even crawl. I can't get myself into the pool. I don't have the ability. I don't have the strength. Then he blames the pool. The pool's too small. It only stirs once in a while. There's not enough opportunity. We need a bigger pool. Then he blames others. Everyone gets in the pool before me. They never consider me. They never include me. They never ask me. They're always too concerned by themselves. Sound familiar? These three crutches. That so so often stop us from moving forward. Good content, good intentions, excuses, and blame. But Jesus doesn't buy any of it. Don't you love Jesus's response to all of these? Pick up your mat and walk. Pick up your mat and walk. Stop blaming yourself. Stop blaming the pool. Stop blaming people round about you. What good intentions? excuses and blame are stopping you this morning from saying yes to a better future I believe there are people here today and the devil's been whispering to you it is what it is, it is what it is, it's always going to be this way you just need to accept it, you're always going to be a cripple But that's what the devil said to me eight years ago. You'll always be the guy who had an affair. You'll always be the guy who walked out on your kids. They'll never trust you. And that would have been such a convenient excuse for me if I wanted to shrink back and settle for less. But I wanted to get well, I wanted a better marriage. I wanted God, I knew that God had something better for me. I didn't want to spend the rest of my, time, my my life making excuses and blaming others for what I didn't have. So I said yes to Jesus. I picked up my mat and I ran back to my family. But God asked me to take my mat with me. He asked me to pick up my mat and take it with me because my mat is my story. My mat is my testimony. Jesus told this cripple to pick up his mat and walk because he wanted people to recognize the mat. He wanted people to see that this is the cripple who is now healed. This is the cripple who can now walk. And God wants others to see your mat. As the alcoholic that's now free as the addict that's now healed, as the diagnosis that's now clear, as the abused who's now whole, your mat is powerful because it gives all the glory back to Jesus and it highlights to others what he can do for them. It says, The day in which this took place was a Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, this is the Sabbath, the law forbids you to carry your mat, but he replied, the man who made me well said, pick up your mat and walk, your mat is a sign that miracles can happen, your mat is a sign that cripples can walk, don't be ashamed of it, do not be ashamed of it, some of you are trying to leave your mat behind, You're trying to cover it up and forget about it because you don't want to be associated with your past. Your guilt, shame and fear is trying to hide your map. But God wants to use it. Because Genesis tells us that what the enemy intended to hurt me, God intended for his good. To accomplish what is now being done in the saving of many lives. How incredible is it that every day God is using my dirty, filthy, stained mat as a trophy for his glory? People who have given up in their marriage, husbands who can't see a future for the family, wives who don't believe that better is an option and they've settled for less. But the, th- the first thing I always ask them is do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? And God is asking you the same question today. Do you want to get well? Or do you want to settle for less? James 4, verse 7 says So let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him make himself scarce. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master, because that's the only way you will get back on your feet. That is the only way you will get back on your feet this is for everyone today church if you feel crippled this morning let's stand if you feel crippled Jesus said come to me he said if you're weary, burned out and overwhelmed I will give you rest if you want to recover your life just say yes. If that's you this morning, if you're sick of settling for less, I believe the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now. God has got so much more for you it is a lie of the devil that it is what it is you do not have to settle for less if that's you this morning I want you to pick up your mat and come to the front we're going to pray for you come to the front let's do business with Jesus don't wait another day Doing the same thing and living a life of being sick. There's no reason to be embarrassed this morning. God doesn't want you to walk out of here with the same condition. Pick up your mat and come to the front. I believe people are going to walk free today. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen in. We pray this message has been an encouragement wherever it finds you. If you have found it helpful, why not share it with someone or leave a comment? To find out more and stay connected, you can follow us at One Church Scotland through our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Take care and have a great week.